Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome here to Southern Sports Central here as we're uh, getting things up and running here on a uh, kind of an awkward Tuesday morning. Days away, we're counting down, days away from uh, what is going to be uh, Christmas this time next week. We'll, of course, uh, not be on the air on Christmas Day, but we're looking at the day of Christmas Eve and trying to figure out, okay, well, everybody's going to be out of school and out of work for the most part. Maybe we do a show a little differently uh, on that day. We'll wait and see how it works out. Uh, Guest-wise, we'll be locked and loaded with a lot of those uh, guys and girls as well as we, of course, uh, are going to be bringing you another two solid hours here this morning. Uh, A little bit of rain in the forecast here at Somerville uh, here today. So make sure that you have uh, the rain boots out, maybe some coats out to kind of keep you dry. And then tomorrow, it goes from being in the 70s today 
down in the 50s tomorrow. Boy, that's a typical day in December uh, here in the low country. So uh, excited about that. As uh, today's show is pretty locked up, uh, 7.30, Jim Baxter from SC Varsity joins us. He'll talk to us about what's going on uh, in the high school ranks around the state of South Carolina. They're already in conversations with realigning some things. Now, uh, he and I talked yesterday late evening about, you know, how they do the first wave, and basically that's kind of the uh, the adjustment of forecast, if you will, to um, break out uh, where they would like to see teams. And then, of course, teams are going to say, well, I don't want to travel two hours to go play high school football on Friday night. And, of course, they'll sit there and they'll throw their 95 cent in, and then they'll go back to the drawing board. And this happened two or three times, so they're finally – where they want to be, and that usually sometimes, I guess, maybe February, March, or something like that, where they'll have a uh, a final say-so and who goes where and how it goes uh, from there. So he'll join us at 7.30. We'll also talk to him about the Shrine Bowl that's underway right now up at Walford College, and then we'll talk to him about the North-South game that just happened this past Saturday. Of course, uh, now this coming Saturday is that of the Shrine Bowl, the best of the best of the state of South Carolina going against that best of the best of North Carolina. Uh, it's the first selection bowl game of All-Stars, high school seniors, uh, out of the pecking order because it goes Shrine Bowl, North-South, then some of these local All-Star games that happen, of course, on Friday night. You've got the Metro Bowl. Uh, we're going to try to get Perry Parks in here this week with us. Uh, hopefully tomorrow is the day I'm kind of set away to um, catch up with him and talk to him about the preparation and the week that's being had over there at the uh, Metro Bowl in Columbia. I did last night, by the way, catch up with Adam McKenna. He's the uh, the offensive lineman from Somerville. He's actually up at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, I talked to him last night about getting comfortable. They had some practices yesterday, a lot of hard hitting already going on early. Uh, he's already, you know, mentioned a few names that he's run into that's come on to the show with us here on Southern Sports Central. Also last night, caught up with the Hilton Head defensive back, Christian Miller, who uh, is there representing uh, South Carolina as well on the defensive front. And uh, both of these guys said they're going to try to do what they can. They'd love to call in this morning. So it's not a scheduled call in. It's just a, hey, if their number pops up, we'll bring them in. We'll talk to them real quick. We'll get them in. We'll get them out because they are on a tight schedule this morning. I believe eating breakfast at 730, hitting the bus ride, going to the campus uh, about 8 o'clock. So between 8, 830-ish, they should have a chance to call in, maybe a little before, maybe a little after. I'm not sure. Maybe not at all. We'll have to wait and see how that kind of works itself out. Uh, I do know at 8.30, Matt Sims is going to try to check in from the Bayou. Of course, uh, they're still celebrating, man. These guys are having a season to remember. They're undefeated. They're going to be playing Oklahoma here uh, very soon. But uh, before they did that, they got to celebrate a Heisman Trophy uh, that's now going to be on campus. That is now on campus, along with multiple, multiple other awards happening around um, the campus of Louisiana. Of course, their head coach getting – uh, recognized as uh, one of um, the great coaches of the year. And uh, yeah, deservingly so, right? I mean, deservingly so as you uh, you kind of start to look at things and, and how things are going to kind of play out for a very, very, very good team over at Louisiana and uh, LSU. Because LSU's got it. They're, they're a team that can do a, a lot of really big things. You know, led, of course, by, uh, you know, Jet, uh, University of Boro there who had um, – 48 touchdowns, 4,715 passing yards, right? They got the number one spot in college football. LSU's, of course, second Heisman winner and the third straight transfer quarterback to win an award. Now, Joe Burrow had a sensational season at LSU. It will be one that will go down probably uh, in the historical marks of uh, Louisiana because, again, 
here in the last decade or so, this has not been a team that's known for their offensive magic. It's all been defensive shutdowns and, and defensive, uh, uh, I, I would say, DVUs and things like that that have come about. So that's something that, of course, um, you want to look at. But it was the passion that this young man showed during his uh, acceptance speech to the Heisman. You know, he started off mentioning his offensive line, and I've heard a lot of Heisman speeches. I've heard a lot of speeches in general with quarterbacks and, and people that, you know, get awards. And, and I think they knew that this kid was special when they brought him on the campus at LSU. He had never played it down. You know, the first two years at, at Ohio State was the backups of the backups. And then realized, okay, well, if I'm going to play, it ain't going to happen here. I got to hit the road. Well, then guess what? Then he's got to hit the road and be a um, a sit-out guy. He's got to sit out a year because uh, he was a transfer. And then there's a third year that he's sitting out. A chance he took, the chance they took, but a chance that paid off for both LSU and Joe Burrow and, of course, Coach O. And, and I mentioned this yesterday. You know, when you think about uh, all the things that come in and out of uh, the likes of of LSU, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a place where they take chances on you, and uh, the dreams definitely become reality because these guys are doing everything uh, that they could imagine and more. As uh, Not only do they have a tough schedule, but they're handling the business on the road, at home. Now the question, now the question is, can this defense slow down a really good, honestly, quarterback over in Oklahoma? I think they do. I think everybody in the country right now feels like LSU is probably one of the hottest teams, one of the only teams that really can probably size up against the other Tiger teams that are in this, and that's the Clemson Tigers. But I'm not selling out Ohio State yet, neither, though. Of course, Ohio State's the other team. They had not one but two guys there at the Heisman Trophy, and to have one guy is like, wow, that's pretty impressive. That two guys, that word comes up is incredible. You get a defensive guy and an offensive guy. You got two captains on each side. That tells you a little bit more about what's going on over there. Of course, uh, you know, and again, the Big Ten's known for, for some defense in there. You know, this isn't a team that gives up a thousand points and gives up a bunch of things. They they make you earn your keep over there in that conference. So uh, we are going to uh, kind of put things in perspective today. Is uh, again uh, a lot happening. Uh, you know, we'll get JB in here. Of course, uh, he is the founder and owner of uh, SC Varsity. He's been doing this since 1984. Lots changing in high school football. Lots happening in high school football, and I don't know if it's all for the better because even tomorrow, with this early signing day, you, you know, you ask yourself the question: Is it really that good? Is it a good thing? We had a coach in here yesterday with us, and, and, and he talked to us about, you know, kind of pushing these kids a little bit much and making them forcing their hand early. You know, now I get it if they're leaving to go to school early. For example, our, our 8 o'clock guest, Brandon Johnson, he's going to leave here very soon, and he'll be sitting uh, on the campus, I believe, in January over at, at the Naval Academy. Well, that makes sense for him to sign in December. These kids are going to be playing all the way through maybe a sport in the spring because they're not going to be leaving the campuses. You know, them signing early, forcing them to show their hands in December is like, why? For what purpose? You know? Are you rushing it for a reason? Are you encouraging to to move forward for a purpose that's going to benefit or change anything? And then, of course, there's always going to be this conversation on this show 
and multiple shows across the country, and I call it the, uh, the college football draft, and that is the portal. This is one that benefits a lot of people, and I get it. Like a Joe Burrow, it did benefit him in this aspect. I, I do understand that. But it does affect the high school level because of the factor that these guys have to now wait to see what's in the pipeline, if you will, before they go to the high school ranks and pick up what's there. You know, I saw it firsthand in, in, in different ways. Of course, you saw it over there. Matter of fact, uh, we had Hugh Freeze in here. Well, Hugh Freeze went to that same portal and got a kid from Auburn, brought him in to Liberty, and where Jonathan Bennett was going to be the number two guy all of a sudden, and maybe even the one number one guy, actually. Either way, he ends up having to find himself behind a guy that's got experience. And that, why wouldn't you? I would use, without a doubt, I would use a guy like uh, an Auburn transfer because he's got the time in. He's got the ability to understand the high speed of what's going on. He's in the SEC. He's practiced around SEC-caliber defensive teams, right? If he's transferring, that means he's already been on the campus. He comes with a lot of knowledge prior to getting to your campus. And that kind of stuff is very, I think, important that you can teach an offense, that you can work around uh, a lot of different eyes and ends on the uh, on the front there on your campus. So uh, we're going to do this. We'll take a quick break. We come back. I'm going to try to get uh, see if we can uh, get everything kind of working here in the studio to get uh, not only the co-host but the guy that produces the show here for me, of course, Will Porter. Uh, and uh, we'll go through some hot topics. But, again, at 730, uh, we will check in. With JB over at SC Versity, we'll drop the bus off in Columbia, South Carolina. So that's our first stop at 7:30. You want to call in, join us this morning? Come on in and hang out with me. 323-784-9681. Again, you can call in to the Matt's Burgers Hotline. 323-784-9681. That's the number to call in. You can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Got a topic? Got a conversation? Want to hang out with us? Love to have you guys. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, we should hang out. Oh, we should hang out. I know you want to. 
I'm Richie Elman alongside Will Porter here on the other side of the glass as we get you ready for our Tuesday morning show. That's right. Take it home Tuesday. Come on in and hang out with us bright and early on a, uh, well, I guess the future if you'd say that, but definitely rain in the forecast. So make sure you're prepared for what might be. Always prepare for the uh, unexpected there. And that way, if uh, it doesn't rain, just leave the coat in the car and keep it moving. One thing you if you're playing Drew Brees, that kid is clutch, and he made a clutch night last night. You want to, of course, uh, get in here with us and talk about that for this segment, at least. Uh, 323-784-9681. Let me hear your thoughts on Drew Brees. He's kind of the guy that's made 5'11", 6'0", okay to play in the game of uh, NFL football as a quarterback. This guy, of course, uh, last night, 29 for 30, 307 yards and four touchdowns. Let's look at the career here. He set the NFL record last night with uh, 141 career passing touchdowns, set the NFL record for a single-game completion percentage at 96.7. That's pretty daggum important and pretty impressive all in the same manner. Set the personal record for consecutive completions in 22. So uh, he would be the Greg Maddox to me when it comes to NFL football. He can hit it in a spot, location, 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 in between two, three, give me four defenders, and he's going to put it right in the bucket of that receiver so uh you know you know will you look at this guy and you watched this a little bit last night i've seen highlights of it as i was preparing last night for the show but you know he's been at new orleans forever man and he's made his uh he's made his name there and who that well who that that's that's drew Brees. and uh if you don't know now you know and he continues to just quietly get the job done and I think that's important. I'll tell you what's great is that uh, before his arrival in New Orleans um, back in the 2000s, he, I think that he was in San Diego. He played for the Chargers. Right. And uh, so for that game, like for that game, um, like that game in particular there, he passes Peyton Manning on the all-time list of uh, most uh, passing touchdowns in, in a career, uh, most all-time. And it came against the Colts. And Peyton Manning, of course, played for the Colts, uh, for those that don't know. And – I think what was so spectacular about that was how it, how it just came about full circle. And it was just such a special night. Drew Brees uh, called last night a special night. Uh, you know, his, his sons uh, up there in the press box, him and his, um, him and his wife, um, his wife up there in the press box as well. And, and, and it's just so, it's so cool to see his work ethic, to see his, um, to see his passion and his drive. I, I mean, uh, I saw a video last night that, that the Saints put out on their Twitter uh, that Peyton Manning Peyton Manning had already congratulated, as I see you have it pulled up right there right now, Richie, that uh, yeah. Peyton Manning had already congratulated Drew Brees on passing, um, on, on passing it, the, his record. And it was such a feat. And he went uh, 29 for 30 um, in passing last night. Uh, and that, that is the record for the best completion percentage in a single game just and I don't think that he's chasing records the records just happen to come along he's at that point in his career now 
and it, and I personally believe that his his career is far from over. I like his he he has consistently shown how good that he truly is, and that is also a testament to the coaching there. Sean Payton has been uh, stellar at his job and what he's done, uh, utilizing all the players, all the key uh, all the key pieces, and. Uh, just the arsenal that surrounds Drew Brees for him to use to people to throw to Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, um, just to, just to name a few, right. Sean Payton and how he's been able to utilize his offense has been spectacular. Nothing short of spectacular. We mentioned Michael Thomas last night, by the way, recorded his eighth game with 10 receptions this season on Monday night football. That breaks, of course, a tie with Andre Johnson and Wes Welker for the most such games in a single season in the Super Bowl era, of course. Uh, you know, records are being broken by these teams that, again, what happens when you become a, a selfless player? You start to see a lot of uh, really big things happening. Selfish players end up becoming, you know, headlines in the wrong way. And this guy's not him, not him, not him. It's an us kind of thing. And they eliminate. By the way, they did win the game last night, 34-7. And, and, and so, you know, let's make sure we, 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 we highlight that because that was a team effort, and it is a team effort. You know, Drew Brees doesn't get these things without that offensive line to be as big as they are, to stay as healthy as they stay, and to do the things that they do day in and day out. You heard it in, in the beginning of the segment of the show here where we talked about, you know, Mr. Burrow and how he's, he congratulates that offensive line. Boy, what a, what a weekend it's been in the state of Louisiana. You get a Heisman Trophy on Saturday. You get a record-breaking guy on Monday. That, to me, is huge. You can retire, by the way, number nine. Number nine is a big number in the state of Louisiana. Why is that? Well, Drew Brees wears number nine. Joe Burrow wears number nine. And who else wears number nine? Think of the water boy. Oh, yeah. 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 He also wears number nine. Yeah. Oh, Bobby Boucher, number nine. I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry that I'm number one uh, on the chart. Number, number number nine on the chart. Number one in your heart. heart. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I apologize that I did not get that reference right off the bat. Yeah, I remember now. I can yeah. remember now. Um, but you know, some something interesting now. That so we're we're expanding to the broader scheme of things. Um, the the Saints now they improved to eleven and three. There are now four teams in the NFC tied uh, for the NFC lead at eleven and three. That's the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, and um, the New Orleans Saints. Now, uh, of course, uh, Green Bay, uh, all of these teams have a playoff berth, by the way. They, they have a playoff berth one way or another. And it, uh, the only team, the Saints, they have clinched their division in the NFC South. Uh, the NFC North with Green Bay, they still have to contend with uh, Minnesota. And they play Minnesota, I think, next Monday night on Monday Night Football. Um, San Francisco and Seattle still have uh, to play each other again. And that, I don't know if that is going to be this next week or the week after it's either week 16 or 17 that they play each other. But um, this is an interesting stat that I found um, that that I want to share. And this is according to uh, Elias sports bureau uh, that they keep all of these uh, stats and interesting things to throw your, uh, to throw our way. Um, this is just the second time since the NFL switched to a 16-game set schedule, and that was back in 1978. Uh, there's a four-way tie for the NFC lead with two weeks to play or fewer. Um, and also in 2014, there were five teams at 11-4. and four. And so I think with that bit of information is that there, is going to be, that there are going to be five teams next week, possibly, that go 11-4. and four. 
does that mean that it's going to happen? No, and this is sports. But any given Sunday, this can happen. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at it for me, and I get it. I mean, you, I'm a Packer guy, so of course I, I I enjoy that that side of the world and the NFL, and I think the the teams are they're a lot better in, in in that in that in that region, if you will, than they are in the NFC South. The NFC South's awful football. Uh, you know, it's just it's just not good football. NFC East is right there with them, though. I mean, yeah, I don't the, know who's the, worse. NF, the NFC least. Who the question was posed: Who wants to win the NFC East? And then the question, and then the answer was nobody. Well, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't. It's not much different in the South, though. Oh you yeah, the Panthers are awful. Tampa Bay is awful. You know, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's awful, but Jacksonville's an AFC. Oh, they are. That's right. AFC. So. And, and as you can see, we're we're changing the game here a little bit because we are going to go back to high school at seven thirty. And I did just get a call from Matt Sims, so we can come back to some NFL here in the end of the show at eight thirty. Matt Sims is going to join us. We'll move that meeting now to Wednesday. Wednesday at seven thirty, he's going to join us. Well, why not? I mean, the guy's covering everything in the state of Louisiana. That's crazy. He and, might and be a little busy. Dude, he's like he's having a time right now. He's he's probably he's calling his money. Yeah, yeah, no, he's probably calling to say is like, hey, there was a party last night, and I can't be able to make my eight thirty appointment. And but you, but you know what's funny though? Those guys though, they work so hard, and and, I, and that's like Sokan John that, that that's with us, and unfortunately not with us, but with us type thing because he's writing so many things. He's got uh, football basketball you know now they'll start turning up some stuff here coming up in january february you'll start looking at spring sports about to happen so it's a it's almost like uh you know that slow roll of a of the smallest world's smallest snowball and then it starts to kind of come down the hill at the top as part of the uh the hill and then as it gets midway through man this thing's pretty big now and come by the end of the time by, by about mm, let's give them about june yeah i'm pretty pretty exhausted yeah so we try not to overdo it with them here <laughs> But uh, we are excited here because at 7.30, we will check in with JV over there at SC Varsity. He should be calling in at 7.30, so we'll take a break in about three minutes. Actually, no, two minutes. But a big night for sure, a big weekend, a, a great place to be. I know Mardi Gras is a big deal, but I got to make it – I got to have some feeling, man. They've been partying since Saturday night. They carried it into Sunday. They did it on Monday, and now they're doing it here on Tuesday as they're trying to slowly wake up over there on the bayou and, and do what they do. But, again – Two great quarterbacks doing two great things with the same number mistake they're given. Number nine, of course, uh, for Borough, and the same goes for Drew Brees. But the thing I like about Drew Brees is he is that guy. It's if he can do it, can't you do it? He's not the tallest quarterback, right? But before, before there was Drew Brees, you can see five, ten, five, eleven quarterbacks come around. You know, there was the Russell Wilsons weren't around, and I think really because of what you see. And what Drew Brees has done, the Russell Wilsons exist because it gives you a chance. It gives you an opportunity. It gives you a reason to believe, if you will. Yes. No pun intended. No. There you go. Well, <laughs> um, the, like, the thing, I, I always want to go back to Drew Brees' Drew Brees's work ethic. I'm trying to find a uh, – there's a video that uh, surfaced yesterday uh, before the game, and I think that it was – like, it was – it was nothing short of a uh, was the only guy. He was the only guy that was in the, the practice room um, before, uh, but just just after practice. And um, of course, I can't. Of course, I can't find it now. That the moment that I need. Oh, here it is. Um, Reggie Bush uh, put a video out on his uh, Instagram, I think, and it was Drew Brees putting in mental reps by himself after practice. Nobody else. 
in that practice facility. And Reggie Bush said, this is what it takes. This is what greatness looks like. And he, and he, uh, Reggie Bush is on one end of the, Drew Brees is um, on the other end with his turn to uh, Reggie Bush and his camera. Um, That that just goes to show the work ethic that Drew Brees has to continue to work every day. Um, And you remember last year, whenever he passed the all-time, all-time passing yards leader, that uh, his kids were down there on the field and he said, um, I, I remember it clear as day he he continued to say to his kids um anything is possible if you work hard for it right right and he and he continued to say that and he and even in the post-game interviews they said well, i was just telling my boys um like as if you continue to work hard for it you can you can accomplish anything yeah and that's that that is so true well, a lot and of people say it yeah like if you can dream it you can achieve it you yeah know, and, and, and it's something true and it's something lost too yeah, upon a lot of people, and I and I'm thankful for a guy like Drew Brees to be able to to kind of put that back into perspective. Yeah, and so here's a couple of things. Number one, if you look at, uh, we're gonna head to break after this, but uh, when you look at it, most passing touchdowns in the playoffs, Drew Brees is in the top six. Tom Brady leaves this one that leaves it all time at 73. Joe Montana at 45. Brett Favre, or Favre, depends who you. 45 or 44. Of course, I'm a Brett Favre fan. That's one of the main reasons that I pulled for, of course, uh, the Packers from day one. Uh, that's my guy there. Peyton Manning at, with 40. Aaron Rodgers, there's another Packer guy, 36. And Drew Brees coming at number six at 33. Now, here's something to think about as we go to break here. Uh, Drew Brees had one incompletion, four touchdown passes, and no interceptions, but his quarterback rating was 148.9. Question is, what do you have to do to get a perfect rating? 29 for 30 for 370, 307 yards. It's pretty close to perfect in all the way. Uh, I bet if you ask him what's the thing he enjoyed the most about last night, number one, they won the game. Number two, they eliminated the Colts. So the Colts are out. Then he'll say, well, I guess, yeah, I broke some record, right? But he does that because he gets team goals first, and in the process, you hit individual goals later. And I do that myself. I, in, in my day-to-day life, in my day-to-day goals, and I'm going to say this, go to break, come back. Hopefully uh, Jim Baxter j- jumps in here with us from SC Varsity. That being said, I always ask my, my, my superiors, my bosses, whoever, however you want to label the guys that you answer to, give me your goals. And then I'm going to set my goals about 30 notches up above yours. That way, by the time, by the time I hit my, that goal way up here, I've blown your, go- your, door- your uh, goals out of the door or out of the window or whatever it is. Think about that. Always set yourself higher than your standard that somebody else has set for you. That way, when you get your standard, when you hit your mark, you've blown their numbers way out of the door. And there's nothing wrong with being confident in what you do. Just borderline it. Be careful with cockiness. Believe in yourself. Believe in what you have going on because nobody else is going to believe in you. And trust and believe me, the more success you get, the more enemies you gain. That's just the way the world works and the society we're in and social media endorses that because, unfortunately, even listening yesterday, Nick Saban talked yesterday for the first time, I think, since uh, the season's ended to some degree, and he talked about getting ready for this whole Michigan game. He said, let me ask you a question, media. Do you guys actually – I know you have all these mock drafts, but do you guys actually have a say-so in where these kids go? He was being sarcastic because I feel like what I do – what I have brought Will in here to do is we're a lot more down-to-earth radio guys than most. You know, we get it. We have an opinion. But that's all it is is an opinion. 
I'm not going to sit here and tell a kid that comes into this show, well, you should definitely go to this school or go to that school. No, that's not between me and you. That's between you, your God, and your parents, and do what you got to do. And I'm just happy that guys like Brandon Johnson joins us to make a commitment to us. So, of course, we got to go to break. Uh, We're trying to stay on time here. 7.32 is the time here. So, call in, hang out with us. We'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts on last night's action in the NFL. How'd your team do in the NFL over the weekend? We got college football on the docket as well. 323-784-9681. Coming back for 7 Sports Central. Now, now we're at about uh, 25 minutes of uh, sports radio here on Tuesday morning. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Some of you are waiting to hear from Brandon Jackson. That is the uh, big defensive lineman in the Navy. He'll sign on the line tomorrow. 12.30 is the uh, the celebration time over at Fort Dorchester. I believe I'm going to head that way and uh, watch him do that. Anybody who takes time to, to come on here and say, hey, man, I, I want to announce my uh, next three, four years of my life on your show, man. I, hey, look, dude, that's that's much love, and, and I got to give it back to the cat. And I'm gonna head that way uh, here tomorrow. Here tomorrow, sometime around twelve on the camp over and watch him do his thing. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jim Baxter, waiting to hear back from him. He should be joining us here any minute now. If he joins us, great. If not, we'll kind of keep it moving. But over the weekend, NFL was the conversation. The Dallas Cowboys even made some history. They actually beat a team with a winning record. First time all year long. How about them Cowboys? Not a fan. No, not a fan either. <laughs> not a fan either. That was that was pure yeah. talk. Oh, I, I'm about, I heard. I, I'm about. Uh, I'm about like Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. Whenever he he has every chance that he can get to try and um, try and make fun of those Dallas Cowboys. But um, no, I, I digress. Look, here, here's the thing. Um, I, I'll, I'll break it down by division real quick because I, I kind of 
I, I'm in a football pool and, and I kind of have to, in a way, keep, keep informed, stay informed with what's going on in the NFL. The NFC East, complete garbage. There, there was even the take of uh, being brought up to me how there is the chance that all four coaches in the NFC East may be fired by the end of this season or, or there be brand new coaches by the beginning of, of next season. Right. Um, we, we already know that uh, uh, I think it was uh, Jim, Jim Gruden. Uh, that was uh, John Gruden's brother at Washington. Uh, he's gone. Uh, he was already fired uh, last month of the month before. Uh, then you have Jason Garrett, who uh, is no longer getting public support from Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, because um, uh, Jason Garrett has it's it's been he, he's been walking on eggshells. And I, I think that he may have possibly maybe by the skin of his teeth have a case to saving his job for next year. Oh, he's definitely not. Saving it's his definitely job. not saving his job. <laughs> I, I like, I like, like, I like, here's me. I want to get, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but man, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys are just, they are that loaded with talent, but they just don't know how to yeah, win. But, but at this level, do you blame the coaches? I mean, uh, the NFL, I mean, these are grown men. These guys can't even yell at their players. They got to yell at their agent. And then their agent's got to yell at their player. And it's the whole Jerry Maguire thing. Help me help you help us. Uh, and then there's the Cowboys. Yeah, here's the thing, man. <laughs> you know, for me, it's, it's frustrating because I, I don't like the Cowboys, but I like the history that the Cowboys bring to the league, just like Alabama's and, and the Ohio States and the Michigan's and the Florida States and the Miami's. And I can keep it going, but you get my drift. They're seven and seven, but they're a lot worse than seven and seven. Right. And I would hate to. You think your boss sucks? Think if you had to go to work every morning and look at this man with little dude syndrome, and you got to deal with his mouth and his attitude and his arrogancy. I mean, that's the problem with Washington. Washington's the same thing with Daniel Snyder. It's a miniature version. It's it's like watching Austin Powers all over again. Yeah. And many me is Daniel Snyder. He's it's not good over there. Yeah. And then, good. and then the thing with the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles are subpar, but I don't think that they have the relationship with Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz's receivers. That that was the that was the whole argument still going on. How uh, do you know, have the, a relationship with that receiver. I mean, you have Alshon Jeffries out there. You got a handful of other guys. Wentz, they, these guys have won Super Bowls together. I, I don't know what's the problem. What's going on over there? You were given a tank of a of a conference of a region of a division, however you want to say it in the NFL. You won the Super Bowl two years ago. You just were there. Yeah. You act like you've been there before. It, it, it's it's not like the Redskins haven't smelt the Super Bowl since it was played a few states over. Yeah. I mean, it's just – I get it for Washington. They've not been there in a long time. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, the Redskins' the biggest moments were having those one-year quarterbacks, the Mark Rifkins, the Dougs. Uh, there's, there's so many different guys. I can sit here and, and I draw a blank because I don't do as much NFL talk on here as uh, as I do college and high school. Now, this time of year, we will turn it a little bit more and, and we'll start show who's in and who's out in the playoffs and stuff like that. We'll start getting more into it week after week and it gets stronger of a conversation. But then there's the Giants. And, and, and you know what I did like, though? I did like to see the Giants win on Sunday. Yeah, that, that was Eli great. Manning's kind of his farewell deal there. I thought that was really cool. And what a – I get it, man. But this guy's won you two Super Bowls, and you have booed him and booed him and booed him. And you know what? That's got to suck. Well, I do – He's going to go down um, as one of the greats in Giants history because of those two Super Bowls, and and you can't you can't take that away from from Giants fans. Um, no matter no matter what the record is, there there was a uh, shoot, there was somebody that was uh, inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in in Canton, and right. he had uh, he had a win loss record of below five hundred. Sure, and yet he was still he was still inducted into the Hall of Fame. Not sure. 
I think it was also in the same case of Eli Manning whenever that time comes about his his Super Bowl wins. Yeah, well, he's going to get in. He's got a, he's got the famous last name. He's got two Super Bowl rings. He's got what he's got going into Kent. I think he's fine to get in there. Right. But but again, you look at the NFC East. That's just what you got. So seven and seven Cowboys, seven and seven Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys are the four seed in the NFC um, conference uh, playoffs in the playoff picture. They are seven and seven. That's by default. That's by default because yeah. because if it were up to me, they would not be in. They they would not be. They would probably be a five or six seed. They wouldn't even be in at all right. because the San Francisco 49ers are eleven and three, and they are the fifth seed. They are they are the first wild card spot because the Seattle Seahawks are first in that division, and, right. and they also um, have one game up against um, against the 49ers. Right. So let's look at that one there. So of course the NFC East uh, coming out of the week now stands as follows: the Cowboys seven and seven, tied up with the Eagles at seven and seven. I think those guys do see each other again uh, on their schedule. Uh, the Giants and the Redskins, uh, boy, they're tied up at three and eleven. That's got to be an exciting conversation at the water cooler up there in the Northeast. You head out to the Western side of things. You mentioned Seattle, the Seahawks, the 49ers. Of course, Seattle was over at the Panthers over the weekend. Uh, they, I think they acknowledged Cam Newton, who was up in the press box with his kid. He had some surgery on his foot or something like that. Yeah, he, yeah, he had surgery on his foot um, right. season ending. And uh, I think Cam, Cam Newton is approaching his last uh, season on, it, on his contract uh, uh, right now. Um, and, you know, new, new ownership or new, uh, new leadership in, in the Panthers, um, like in the Panthers higher-ups, that's – that's the reason why Ron Rivera was let go is because, you know, if you're brought in, if you take over an organization, you want to have your own guy. Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera was just not his guy. And um, we can also probably say the same for Cam Newton. That's why the, the question has been posed, you know, where should he go? Because like, I, I personally think that there's still a lot left in him. Now, if, if that's actually going to be good production, that, that's going to have to be a risk that a team is going to have to take on him. Well, my thing is, who's, who are you going to go get that's better than Cam Newton? You know what I mean? If you're going to upgrade that position, let's talk about it. But if you're not, and right now you don't have it on the roster, and I understand that there's two guys over there that are, and they, they're looking at Will, of course, uh, Greer as to be in the, maybe the start of this weekend, and that's great for the future. And, and that's kind of where they're playing now. I don't want to get much into the Panthers. We can come back to them in just a second because that's uh, the final team in the NFC that we'll talk about. And they're sitting down there at five and nine, which – uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that, but let, let's kind of stay here with the Seattle 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals right now. The Cardinals, of course, uh, you know, they've had better days over there doing their thing. They keep bouncing around homes. Of course, the Rams, 8-6, uh, and six, not a bad record, not a bad season, but here's the thing. You, you, you take an 8-6 and six Ram team, not going to make the playoffs, probably, and you're 7-7 seven and seven at best. They're a 500 team at average. NFC East team that's definitely going to make it because you went out of the thought of winning your region or winning your win that division, if you will. And, and so for me, Seattle is really good. They're loaded all over the field. They went out and got Jadavion Clown during the during the season here. That made them that much stronger in many, 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 many ways. When you got a guy that statue on your defense, you got to count for that guy if you're an offensive coordinator. That means it's like having two. It's like having a five star receiver on the outside. You got to double them up. That means somebody else over here is going to go. Maybe not unblocked or, or unseen if you're a defensive lineman, but you're definitely not going to get the best of the best. Yeah, and, that, and that's a matchup there. Um, but the, the question was, uh, I think about his health for the most part. Is, is Jadavion Clowney, how healthy is he with that back uh, of his? Um, and, then, and then the last thing about the uh, Seahawks, Josh Gordon um, unfortunately got suspended uh, yesterday 
by the NFL for violating um, the Shocking. yeah. <laughs> and and I have something to say about that. He he uh, he got suspended for um, the performance enhancing and uh, substance abuse policies uh, and right. violating those. Um, this is I I I lost count of how many times that this has happened to what him. He does. And I I I feel genuinely bad for him because the. There, there are demons that, that he is fighting personally and that he's been dealing with this for, for a good portion of his life, for a good portion of his adult life, and he just, he just can't shake it. He just can't get out of it. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I feel bad for him. I, I just, I, here's the deal. We all have choices. We all have consequences. Are you going to counseling every day? Do you have a buddy system? Is somebody calling you? Do you have a chauffeur? It's like, it, it's like these athletes that go out here and, and they get DUIs. Why are you getting a DUI, dude? You make more money than, than so many other people put together in a state, mostly. Right? You think about it. You hire a driver. Uber yourself around. But you drive yourself, and then you get pulled over, and then you're sorry. Are you sorry you drove and, and, and were drinking? Are you sorry you got caught driving and drinking? There's where I struggle with this kid. He has been a trouble issue since day one, and he continues to do this. And everybody knew it. You know, it, it was almost like, a, okay, well, over under on this one. You knew it was coming. Time was how long was it going to be? Then you go to Seattle. Man, Seattle's a capital of drugs. Think about it. I mean, it's a sad place. It rains all the time. You know, I mean, it's just it's a depressing little area. They say, now I hear it's beautiful. I've never been. But you hear that all the time. You always hear how depressing it is and how the drug, the, the rate of, of suicide in Seattle, I think it's pretty high. You remember the uh, was it the guy from Nirvana? <laughs> that, 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 that's 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 kind of his stomping ground for the older guys that listen in. But uh, they're going to need him because uh, if you look at their schedule, they've got the Cardinals. They should take care of that business uh, this weekend, and then the following weekend they got the Forty ers brother. Yeah, that that was that's the big one. one. That was the one, and that, and that's the big one. Two things: one is that it, that's a huge rivalry that they have. Yeah. Um, and then and then the second thing, of course, is. Uh, whoever wins this game, uh, let, let's say that that both San Francisco and uh, Seattle win win both of their games, which we assume that they should, and right. then they come in week 17, the last weekend um, of of football, and this is going to determine who wins the division, right? And more so, who wins, uh, like who's going to be winning the division and get that. Um, I'm not I'm not even sure if it's going to be a bye week, and and, it, and it's a question because you have you have those four teams that are tied at 11 and three. Right. And, and this is going to, this is going to be a huge shakeup um, come the next, the next two weeks of, of football left to be played. The, the LA Rams, Sean McVay has done, he, he's done an excellent job, but I think that the NFL has now uh, found out his system. And I, and I'm not sure if, if it's him, I personally feel as if it's Jared Goff because you sign him to such an extensive contract in response to the Carson Wentz, uh, Buku millions of dollars contract, like a four year, $140 million or something completely outrageous, $40 million a year quarterback. Right. And what's their record right now? The LA Rams. Rams are eight and six, which is not bad considering, I mean, the heck if you're, yeah, well, yeah. You're consider the, considering the division, yeah. but they went to a Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And, and I think that, how many losses did they have last year? Like maybe three or Wasn't uh, many. three or four heading into the Super Bowl. But if you think about it historically, and, and, and now, so you'll get the Rams, of course, uh, you know, the, the Cardinals will play, I believe it's the Seattle Seahawks, 49ers will play the Rams, and then Seattle and 49ers play each other. 
But other than New England, man, most of these teams struggle to come back that next year to be great, to be who they were because of the salary cap, because of the certain things that they're faced day in and day out. And, and, and then because some of these players, they were not known, but now they're known and they're going to get paid. And, and so there's so many different avenues and so many different angles that you have to look at here with this as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Let's uh, want to move through this thing because uh, at the top of the hour, I know we have Brandon Johnson coming on and I don't kind of try to, Stay on track here. The Packers, the 49, excuse me, the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. That's how it sizes up in the NFC North. Of course, I'm a big-time Packer guy. Monday night, you've got that matchup between the Vikings and the Packers. It's an old, old rivalry. These two teams do not like each other at all. Uh, you know, the Packers right now, 11-3. They're one of those five teams you talked about. Yeah. Consistently doing what they need to do to take care of business. Aaron Rodgers kind of quietly just hit the numbers, man. He's doing the little things. It's adding up the big things there. The Vikings are ten and four, seven and seven Bears. Of course, uh, they just got swept by the Packers on Sunday. Uh, and then there's the Lions. Boy, the cowardly Lions not looking good at all. If you're a Packer guy, and I am, uh, you know, I, I look at this season as a really watch out season for for us because of the factor in, in the games that we're playing in. You know, you've got of course uh, the Vikings this coming Monday night. That's going to be an eight fifteen kickoff there, of course, uh, and then the Lions. I'm more worried about us not being ready for the Lions than being ready for, of course, a team like uh, the Vikings. Now, the Vikings, on the other hand, you know, they're a team that, of course, now they have, as I mentioned, they have the Packers coming up Monday night, but then they have the Bears. Now, the Bears and the Vikings are very much a rival as well because that side of they're so close together. Yeah, the, the NFC North, they, they, how, how close that they are. Um, you know, Packers and, and first head coach Matt LaFleur and – he he is the only brand new first, like the first year coach that has a winning record, right? Uh, and that's because and in, in part because he has Aaron Rodgers, and and Aaron Rodgers is is such a is such a spectacular talent. Uh, I I can't even put it into words, right? I have, I absolutely love the way he plays and the way he um the way he's able to uh, be a gunslinger when it, whenever you need him. Um, the, he also can put the ball in, on a dime. I mean, right. this guy is incredible it's about as good as Drew, about as good as Drew Brees hey, Drew if, we're, if we're talking about in that same conversation yeah. um the one the one fault that I would give the Packers would be the depth that they have at the wide receiver uh there were there were lots of passes that that were dropped um in that game against the Bears on yep um and and I was I, I watched a few of them you know Aaron Rodgers put them there you talk about the the pinpoint accuracy he put the he put the ball there where only his receivers could get him. There was one long ball that was thrown, and it it went right through his hands. It went right through the receiver's hands for an incomplete pass. If if he had caught it, that would have been probably around a fifty yard gain, if not a touchdown. And it it's just I don't know if it's if it's the injuries or just the lack of depth uh, overall. Yeah. Which is why there's a new hood coach there, you know. Being a Packer guy, you know, the defense has not been what the defense used to be, and, and it's gotten to where now they realize they've got to reload here a little bit. There was the conversation of Clowney possibly coming to Green Bay when all that happened. A.J. Green, by the way, the former uh, Somerville native, Georgia Bulldog native, uh, as far as the university is concerned. And now there's still talks about with, uh, with what Cincinnati is going to do. Are they going to open up some salary moves? That would be great. I'd love to see him over. And I know Coach Call is the same way. He's a big-time fan as well, but to have him, have a guy like him on the staff over there and on the roster, it's, it would make such a huge move because you build your 
it's just like your fantasy teams. You build your players around other players that you bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a quick word, AJ Green is going to go to Green Bay to go see a foot doctor. Yeah, well, maybe, so, he'll, maybe he'll sign a contract. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll sign a contract there. And, it, and A.J. Green is going to be a free agent um, th- this next year um, at, after the end of this season. So we'll see what happens. I think a lot of teams are, are like looking at him and seeing if they can be able to try and get him um, anywhere. But uh, that, that, that's a long shot because um, he, he is, I think, 30, 31 years old now. And, um, and just the, the injury history, a lot of teams would have to take a risk on, on a talent like that. Yeah, but a talent like that, he's one of the best receivers in the league right now. He's a guy, whether he's from Somerville or Saluda or San Diego, California, I would definitely take my chances on, especially with the receivers that I should right. get. Uh, now, that being said, uh, so already kind of punched their ticket already, uh, clinched the division just last night of the Saints, so they're in the playoffs already. The Packers are in the playoffs. The 49ers are in the playoffs. Seattle's in the playoffs. And then we don't know who's going to make it out of the uh, NFC uh, on the other side. Now, Let's quickly, and we're not going to have a whole lot of time here, so we can't really get into some numbers and things like we did with the NFC, but the AFC, uh, the pack, the, the Patriots and the Bills are both in the playoffs here. Now they're both uh, Patriots are eleven and three, the Bills are ten and four. It, it, it's fun to watch the Bills because we're so used to them not being here, and we've seen them here before. But they've got the best corner in the business. They've got a lot of game changers around, but it's not a high studded, high profile roster they're winning by the formula that they've put together on this roster i think they're winning because they challenge each other to be better yeah and and it's roster moves all around and that that's how that they've been able to be successful in recent years they've reached the playoffs for the second time in three years the last time that they did that i think was back in the 90s whenever they made those uh super bowl runs and they lost the four super bowls the four falls of buffalo there's yeah. a 30 for 30 on espn for that by the way <laughs> that's a free plug yeah. Uh, so the Patriots <laughs> and the Bills out of the AFC East, they, they're definitely in the playoffs. The Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 they are the most electrifying team when it comes to draft day. I love it. Watch them. I got a buddy of mine. His name is Rich as well. And uh, we went to high school together, but he was from that side of the world, man. He'd get in the car, man. God, he was the most obnoxious little dude ever, man. And he would just start yelling and screaming and dancing and doing that J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And he'd be all decked out in that green. And I'd be like, God, you get out of the car. I remember one time my man got out of the car and I just drove away. Dude. I came back and got him, but it was <laughs> – the guy was – yeah. He and I – he came down to Charleston for my uh, – for, for, for one of my gatherings for my birthday. And, boy, I tell you, the guy is awesome. He's a good dude. dude uh, my, 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 I have a personal thing with the Jets, too. Oh. Like, when, whenever I um, – you, you know about this. I had a uh, – I still have it, but I haven't used it much. Uh, the sports um, podcast um, Twitter page that I did. Mm-hmm. And I was being, being very involved back in August and September – uh, and there was a um, th- there was a tweet that was sent out of like uh, asking the question or or I asked the question uh, who does Kyle or who does um, uh, who does who does Sam Darnold throw to and uh, somebody somebody was nice enough to post a, a gif of Le'Veon Bell but then there were two comments that were made as like you should really do your research talking and, to you? talking to me yeah it's like you should really do your research and I said that's yeah. like I mean it's it's more of a legitimate question I'm I I'm like who's yeah, a well known name who is a well known name <laughs> right and then there was so much promise at the beginning of the year and then the Jets are are good to be a top ten pick a lot a lot for a top ten pick in the draft five and nine it's great <laughs> the Dolphins are three and eleven so uh, of course the Patriots like I say they lead the way eleven and three they uh, 
Bills are right behind them at 10-4. and four. Then in the AFC West coming out of this weekend, the Chiefs, boy, I tell you what, that team, they're dangerous, man. They're 10-4, and four, probably the best 10-4 and four team in the NFL right now. They've clinched a playoff berth. They have not clinched the division yet because they're somewhere and uh, they should have clinched it. Yeah, they did clinch it. Never mind. Check that. They have clinched the division there because uh, the Raiders have just fallen off. No Hunter Renfro, a couple other whistles not blowing as hard as they need to blow. Uh, six and eight. They played uh, their last game at Coliseum on Sunday, and they got booed on their way out. They got booed on their way out. That's the way the Raiders are, man. And the, and the, Jackson, the Jacksonville Jaguars were the ones to upset that party. I would I would boo them too. Yeah. <laughs> so the Legion of Doom over there, right? Those guys uh, finished six and or six and eight right now, currently then five and nine, and uh, both Broncos and Chargers. Now the AFC North clinching their division. The Ravens, boy, they got a quarterback over there that just keeps doing big things here. We don't have a lot of time here because uh, we've got about a minute before break, but we'll get into them a little bit later, maybe even tomorrow. The Ravens uh, have clinched theirs. They got a really good record. They're twelve and two, hottest team going right now. They've got a quarterback. You know all about him. They said he couldn't. He said, hold my Coca-Cola. I'll be right back. Watch this. And he's doing it. And, uh, of course, the Steelers right behind them at 8-6. and six. Uh, In the AFC South, uh, the Texans, 9-5, and five, right above the Titans. That game there, uh, very interesting two teams there. We'll get into them more later in the week. But... i tell you, the Titans are the really surprising team. And, and I remember the, the talk at the beginning of the year was that they, they've been such a good team on the road. And then whenever they come home, it's almost like an away game for them. Well, that's not good news because they have the Saints coming to town. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then you talk about the, the, the AFC North, I think it was. Right. Uh, talking about the Ravens had clinched. And then um, the Steelers The Steelers are right there in contention. And, and for, for them to have a quarterback uh, with the nickname Duck and them still being in the playoff hunt, I think that's incredible to me because that, that's, um, that's Mike Tomlin being such a great coach. Uh, to utilize his personnel to to realize what what he has you you lose uh, to to start the year you lose a wide receiver you lose your running back and and both of them are like pro bowl caliber um, players and then you lose your quarterback Ben Roethlisberger in week one or week two of the season and he's out for the season and then you make those personnel changes and somehow and somehow you're able to win and you're able to win games uh, to me that that's fantastic that's incredible to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, then, and then you got the Browns, and that's a whole completely different story. Yeah. We'll, we'll have we'll probably have another hour long segment to talk I, about I, that. I don't think I would do that to anybody. <laughs> yeah, the Browns. Oh no, no. Yeah. So uh, of course uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back. Uh, but I told I was telling you about the Texans and the Titans. They actually play again. They just played this weekend. Texans won twenty four twenty twenty four twenty one over in Tennessee. Now then the Titans will come to the Texans in a week from this Saturday. So uh, that should be a good one. Let's take a quick break. We come back top of the hour. Brandon Johnson checks in with us all the way from the fort. He'll check in uh, with us today. We'll talk to him about that north-south week and weekend that they won. The south, of course, beat the north over the weekend in that South Carolina of, uh, all-star game. And then now he'll sign tomorrow on the dotted line. He'll be heading to Navy uh, in the fall. I, know, I checked that. I think he's going in, the July, in January. So uh, we'll talk to him about that and much more as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. 
I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm alongside Will Porter here on the other side of the glass, pushing the buttons, answering the phones, and taking care of our social media need. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Of course, uh, you can follow me over there at Richie Altman. It's all easy peasy. It's just easy to get to me over there and hang out with us as uh, we bring you another hour, a power hour of uh, sports radio on your Tuesday morning. Of course, tomorrow is the early national signing day for uh, college football players our uh, guy coming up next is not only uh become one of our regulars and uh, a guy that we kind of adopt to be one of our own here on southern sports central he gave us uh, some true love and came on here and announced where he was going to take his talents after his days at fort dorchester of course he did that only weeks ago when he said i'm gonna head to navy followed it up with beat army and uh, without further ado i bring him in now uh, top of the morning brandon Johnson, the big man. What's up, my man? Hey, good morning. Man, life is good in the Johnson house right now. You guys are getting these gifts, <laughs> signing these pieces of paper tomorrow, 1230. Yeah. We're going to have a pizza party at the yeah, fort. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems so real. I mean, it it honestly feels like a, a dream. You know, it's this is something I've been waiting for ever since I was a kid. And now that I have the opportunity to do it at such a prestigious school, it's it's it's, it's incredible. Live right now, Brandon Johnson, the big man. He is uh, a lot bigger heart than he is a guy on the football field. And that's hard to believe because he's a man child on the field and uh, a, a, a dominating, suffocating defensive man for the fort now. I know they'll miss you guys, uh, you and, of course, uh, your buddy there that uh, spent some time down in Myrtle Beach uh, this past week, you uh, packed up the bag on Sunday. You had no idea who your roommate was going to be for a week. And, uh, man, it had to be a, a, a little surreal getting there on Sunday, right? You get there. Tell me yeah. how it went for you. We had Will in here yesterday, Pickering. That's the defensive back from Wanda. Checked in with us. I know you had a chance to meet him and play with him on the same side of the ball. And you told me uh, yeah. a couple of times how you couldn't wait to meet him. But besides him, kind of give us the story. You got there Sunday. What happened? Who did you meet that you were like, yes, got a chance to, you know, catch up with this guy, get to know him a little bit better, and then give us a, a highlight of the week for us? Yeah, um, when when we first got there, you know, they assigned rooms, gave room keys, and gave schedules out. Um, when I when I first the first morning we woke up, we ate breakfast as a team, and I was I was I was sitting with. Um, course Emmanuel and uh, Will and I met Brody Hopkins he was real cool uh Deshaun Brooks from Dutch Fork he was real cool Tyler Olinchek from Dutch Fork he was real cool you know honestly I think all the kids were pretty dope uh it was it's, it's great now I got let's see how many people went I think I got like 60 plus new brothers you know um and the crazy part 
artists they're spread out all over the state. So um, it was it was unreal the amount of fun we had. Live right now with the big defensive man who is going to uh, sign on the line tomorrow. Twelve thirty is the kickoff to the party over there at Fort Dorchester. He's going to be, I think, in the auditorium tomorrow where he'll um, he'll take that final step, minus walking on the campus up there in Maryland where he will attend college and uh, head over to be part of that Navy team. As they won, by the way, over the weekend, and the quarterback that uh, set a record in doing so for Navy, yeah. they broke that three-game losing streak. Man, you win uh, and broke the streak of the uh, North beating the South. Man, it was just a great weekend for you overall. Uh, place to eat, man. You guys did a lot of eating, and I'm well aware of this because a, I've got many yeah. reasons to be. But but for me, this is a hometown for me where you guys went in my backyard and hung out up in Myrtle Beach. But uh, Will gave us a spot yesterday. I'm not going to tell you where, but I want to hear what was your favorite favorite place that you guys went out and, and ate and, and got a chance to get out and about. Um. Mm, well, see, I'm a I'm a I'm a picky eater. <laughs> I didn't. I'm not really for all the all for all the like steakhouses and the barbecue and stuff. And right. um, that's that's main, that's mainly like the first three days. So um, my favorite probably was when we just sat when we were all in the hotel together. And we went upstairs and had right. dinner as, as, a, as a team, and then we went right. bowling after because that was probably. You know, Brandon, that doesn't surprise me, man. You, you, you're very simple as far as just appreciating the little things in life. That's why God keeps blessing you with the big things, man, and you keep doing what you're doing. And uh, that's good stuff, man, because there's a lot of guys who, who, who would probably embrace some of that other bells and whistles and the highlights and all that stuff. You, you're on the other hand, man, you're a big dude. You're, you're, you're probably noticed everywhere you go, and everybody assumes anyways whether they know you play football or not. Like, yeah, that guy's got to be somebody, man. All I got to do is get a couple of guys to walk around you this weekend in Charleston and, and is that like they're taking pictures of you, man. And they'll assume that you're some famous guy. You just have that look about you. Right. right. And don't, don't yeah. get the other yeah. side of the Legion of doom over there with the Emmanuel, man. All of a sudden we got double trouble in town and yeah, there's going to be a lot of yeah, autographs man. handed out. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the weekend though. You, you mentioned Tyler Chuck, of course, uh, you know, he is the guy who has done big things in his time. Now he's no longer going to play. High school football. He's seen his last game. You were a part right. of that. He got the MVP over there on the offensive side. Uh, you, right. you gave it a run for your money. I know Emmanuel ends up with it, but it does come back to your high school, and that is the defensive uh, MVP of the game. But you were right there with him with the amount of tackles, with the, yep. the amount of things that you were able to do there. I think you got the first pat down, right? I mean, you had the first. Was it a turnover or something like that that you were uh, that you yeah. Had, yeah, uh, yeah, contributed yeah. to? <laughs> Yeah, I got the the first bat of the game, and I got the first interception of the game. Yeah, that's got to be impressive too, man. Because here we go, man. You've put in so much hard work. You've put in so much time. You you you've dedicated your life to not just to, to the game of football, but to life being football. But yet you've managed yeah. to keep your grade point average way up. I mean, above four point oh, and you're, you're you're doing the things you can do. You're you're graduating early, right? Are you heading to Navy? Is it in in January? Uh, no, I actually will be leaving in the summer. Uh, so you are going to wait do like a, Good. Yeah, they don't do like a mid-year transfer kind of thing. They don't do that. Good. And I like that, man. I'm going to tell you why. I, I don't have a problem with it, I guess, in some aspects. But as far as the more I watch it, you kids are being forced to grow up so fast. and you're, you're, you're missing out on so much. You know, I see guys leave early in January, and that's great for your career, right? That's great for your time if you're going to be an NFL, you know, football player and, and this is part of the process of getting on the field quicker at the universities you're going to but i think back about right. it and 
And I'm glad they, we didn't have that option. That wasn't an option for me growing up uh, many moons ago. I had to go through four years. And, and maybe it was an option. Maybe right. I just wasn't there. <laughs> and that wouldn't surprise me neither. But I'm glad I wasn't there. Of course, I played uh, both football and baseball. So for me, you know, I right. stayed and played my, my, my senior year. But I would have missed so many things, man. I would have missed the – you know, I get guys can come back and, and go to the prom and things like that, man. But it's a different feeling. It has to be different. Right. I, I know – yeah, you know, we've had guys over at Somerville. You guys have had a, guys at Fort. There's been guys at at uh, Berkeley and Goose Creek and so on and so mm-hmm. forth around the country that leave early and they come back for their prom. Mm-hmm. And man, it's got to feel kind of creepy, kind of weird for me, man, because you're all of a sudden your maturity level has had to jump up by by default. It's had to jump right. up. You couldn't afford to be right. in a high school mindset on a college campus, so you'll be left behind. So for me, right. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, and here doesn't surprise me. Do you know how many quarters it took them? You you. You listened yesterday, so you already know the answer to this, I'm sure. But And if you don't, it's all right. But uh, you know how many quarters it took the Army and Navy to have their very first penalty of the game? I think it was three, wasn't it? It was three. Three exactly. or four? Yeah. They, they got it in the third quarter. At the beginning of the third quarter, somebody finally jumped outside. That's discipline. Right, it was only this, – right. this is what I say. It's, it's discipline at the Navy because I had Coach Hall at my house for in-home visit this weekend. And we that's right. one thing we talked about. He said, out of the entire game, I'm happy to say we only had two penalties the entire game, and they didn't come until the start of the third quarter. Like, there you go. That's, that's, that's huge, so, right? So for them to not yeah. have a program in place, for you not to come early, what does that show me? That shows me that they want you to grow with the most, uh, the strongest mind you can grow before you walk on their campus. And walking in there yep. a little bit earlier not always works out. I mean, it, you know, and I wonder how many times it works out to times it doesn't work out. It's like guys that get drafted early. These guys that are not playing, you know, in, in their final bowl game because they don't want to get hurt. But yet their brothers have stood beside them the entire year. And some of the reason that they get recognized is because those guys beside them did their job so that you go do your job. But yet here it is now right. that you're going to get hurt. You're not going to go stand beside your brother and play in a game because you don't want to get hurt. Ah. I don't like it, man. And I, and I think that the one thing, like going back to Navy and Army, I bet neither one of these programs have it available to where you guys can come in in January because of the fact that they need your mindset to be as completely uh, solid and as full of as much knowledge and preparation as you can because the coolest thing about this game, there's so many cool things about the Army-Navy game. It really is a rich history traditional game in so many different ways because nobody out there is getting contracts. Nobody out there is, you know, they're all getting ready to go to, they're all, number one, they're going against each other for the next four quarters. But as soon as the game is over, they're literally on the same team, right? They're going to go to battle together, like not a battle up down the street in a sandbox. No, they're actually going to go into a war where they're going to have to rely on one another to do their job, right? It's not like if, well, if the tackle doesn't block, then I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get tackled. No, if if this guy doesn't get your back, dude, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And there's an in-home visit and it's not from the head coach. Right? Right. When you start to think of things and you start to put everything in perspective, I know yesterday you and I talked, uh, and then we, we went back and forth on Sunday a little bit as well, and, and, and I love you for everything I can tell you, man, how proud I am of you. And I look at you like you're one of my own because you've, you've really embraced the show. You've embraced my, my, my entire vision of Southern Sports Central, and it means a lot to me. And that's why tomorrow at 1230 I will be at your, uh, your event because you brought in, uh, you know, yourself and your parents to come in and, and, and announce where you were going to go to school. That meant a lot to me personally because you had about 15 different guys asking you to do it on the radio, on TV, 
on their news articles and all this other stuff. But you, you, you came to me and said, Hey, you know, we talked about this back in, you know, September, October, and I'm ready to make my announcement. Right. That means a lot to me. So I will see you tomorrow. So you get to pencil me in as one of your guests. But uh, that being said, you got your gifts yesterday. You, you put that out there on social media. You know, you start to get the things yeah. that you're seeing. You're starting to be a part of certain things. How surreal is it, man? You played your last day, your last down uh, in, in a Fort Dorchester helmet. Uh, you know, yeah. one of the things that they do at, at the North-South game, Brandon, is they give you stickers from other schools, other guys. Yeah. You guys hand out stickers. Yeah. You know, how how surreal was it when you walked off that field on Saturday? Number one, I know you guys got the victory, but for you, you realize, man, that this part of your chapter is it's done. Man, it it it, I, it was it kind of hurt a little bit, and it didn't hurt because I knew it was my last football game. It hurt because I knew that some of, some of the players on my team won't ever get a chance to play football again, and and they have the talent to do it, and just universities won't look at them, and it just it really hurts my heart because some of these kids they they fought tooth and nail, they put in hard work, blood, sweat, and tears for this. And they just won't even get recognized. They have everything a college needs, and they just can't get recognized. And that—that's what really hurt my heart. And I mean, I so I just gave everything I could because I knew it would be their last one. I gave everything I possibly could in that game for them, for those people that I know who want to play college football just can't. So I did that for them, and I—I I just left it all on the field. Live right now, Brandon Johnson, of course, uh, the big man heading to Navy in uh, a few months. He'll finish his senior year. Uh, through the spring, and then he'll uh, start that new chapter uh, with the uh, the Navy ship in there, and they're going to do big things after winning over the weekend against Army. They bring in the big man who uh, I would imagine has a quick impact right away. Uh, let me ask you this, though. You get up there, you get your roommate situation. I believe you had mentioned last night on our conversation that a guy from Lake City, South Carolina, and yeah. I, you know what's kind of funny, man. You know, we, we scrimmage those guys in, in preseason in, in football, and, uh, you know, they yeah. – it's called Lake City, but there's not even a lake in their city, man. It's kind of weird, but uh, no, that was kind of one of the things I never understood about Lake City. I was like, man, yes. But with that being yeah. said, there's that, that town is not the biggest town in the world, but it's got some of the greatest people I've ever met. And, and I'm sure you're going to say the same thing about your roommate. You get your roommate, you introduce yourself, he introduces himself. Tell me about this guy. Get, become his agent here on the show and uh, sell me to him, man. Who is he? Where is he from? What's he do? And uh, what's his favorite thing to eat? That type of stuff. Clint, uh, Clint was dope. Uh, Clint is about six two. I couldn't tell you how much he weighed. He 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 has a heart, man. He he went out there. I think he had the first sack of the game. Um, it's crazy because his his position coach, my technically my position coach was his position coach's coach well before we were even, like, before I even knew who he was. And it was crazy because the second I walked in, he said, your position coach is Coach Hamilton. That's that's my coach's old coach. And I was like, oh, that means he knows the ropes. He knows everything we do. So he, he was dope. Um, favorite food. It looked like his favorite food was Jesus, the way he was munching on them things the whole weekend. <laughs> oh, I don't know, though. <laughs> but I'm going to go on a whim and say Jesus. Uh, Clint, if you're listening, you could text me and tell me, and I'll correct it. But uh, <laughs> he was dope. He was dope. I can't say nothing. I can't complain. He was awesome. Now, you know, that's that's some of the memories and the moments, uh, you know, that we get to, to have with you guys. Like I said, yesterday, Will comes in here, Will Pickering, of course, the defensive back, who's got a, a handful of more offers because he plays a game like this. And like you said, 
this was one of those final chances, a lifeline, if you will, that these guys got a chance to ball out, show out, and do some things. And they, you know, like a guy like you, man, if you do your job and do a little bit harder, you know what? You may draw a little attention to a guy like him or somebody else out there. And, and I'm pretty sure you did. Not only do I appreciate your personality on and off the field, I saw some of the pictures that uh, I had a lot of coaches there that were sending me of you and a lot of the guys that come on here to our show. And we've had so many guys that were on your roster, not just on the south side, but on the north side, even Coach Smitty, which I believe is who you're talking about there, who comes in here and listens yeah. in to us every morning. So we say good morning, Coach Smitty. I know you're on the other end listening in. And, uh, you know, uh, we appreciate, uh, Brandon, for what you mean to the game of high school football. You, you, you did it the right way. You left your mark. Uh, you, you were a, a guy who we really could say, be like this guy, because this guy got it. And he got it in big ways. And to be recommended by so many coaches uh, for uh, the all-conference, all this and all that, you're Mr. All-Everything, uh, and represented the low country for Dorchester, North Charleston, Somerville, uh, this entire community that you came out of, man, you did a great job in the years that you played at Somerville uh community wise north charleston community wise because it's weird because fort Dorchester, for you guys who don't know it, it, you know it's a tussle are they in north charleston are they in somerville and uh you know but at the end of the day man it's it's one big low country family and we're really really uh impressed uh with what you were able to do and how many things you were able to bring to the table and uh again for, for navy to come knocking on your door that that shows you what type of caliber person you are way before you hit the football field buddy yeah, well, I I gotta thank I gotta thank everybody at Fort for that. You know, Coastal Pride really, really did a number. He really he really took me under his wing, and I, I totally appreciate him for that. Coach Brent and Coach Ham really coached me up, made me the best best player I could possibly be, and I'm forever in debt to that amazing program. Um, you know, Coach Raff, Coach Still, Coach uh, Coach Patterson. You know, when I had to go on the offensive line, they told me they told me everything was mental. They they kind of showed me a little discipline. When I needed to be disciplined, you know, it, they built, they just built me into the, into the man. And my parents, of course, my parents, they, they, they were my role models. They did it all, and they showed me that I can do anything I put my mind to, and I, and I believed them, and I did it. And you know, last, I just God, you know, I put my, I, I just put my trust in God, and I let Him take care of the rest, and it worked out for me. So I'm forever grateful. Well, we appreciate you, my friend. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to try to get up there around 12 o'clock tomorrow and watch you do what you got to do. And uh, I just I look forward to uh, watching you, covering you. And like I said, man, when you graduate, come back home to the fort. Come back home to Southern Sports Center. Yeah. Check in with us when you're up there. Let us know what needs to be done down here so that our kids can continue the trend of going to the next level, playing college football at a high level. And, uh, again, uh, tip of the cap to you, your parents, and uh, well done. Well done, buddy, and I look forward to catching up with you here. Uh, later this afternoon, I'll touch base with you to make sure I got all my, my I's dotted, my T's crossed, so that tomorrow I'm on time and I'm where I need to be to watch you uh, in the biggest moment of your young life, man. You're getting ready for the biggest decision, and uh, it's going to be a big deal. We're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, we look forward to it. All right, man. I, I appreciate you, Mr. Holman. You got it, buddy. God bless. Take care. We'll see you around the corner as you uh, pull into school. We'll talk to you here later today, bud. Yes, sir. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon Johnson, the big man from the fort. He, of course, uh, left his mark in many ways as he, uh, man, you got to like a guy like him. We'll talk a little bit more about him when we come back from break, Will, but let's take a quick one here. Uh, Let's come back, and when we do that, we're going to talk about a coach who is uh, named nationally Coach of the Year, and you don't have to go far to find him in college, and that, of course, is over there 
and uh, South Carolina State, Buddy Pugh. This guy goes 8-3 and three in the MEAC, wins a piece of the MEAC, misses the playoffs? How do you miss the playoffs at 8-3, and three, winning half of your division? Well, there's an answer for that. I won't get into it, but I will get into the answer of who is the coach of the year over there. And, of course, uh, South Carolina State has him nationally known, and uh, he's been around a long, long time. Coming up, that conversation and much more. Join us in this conversation. 323-784-9681. We change the gears into college for the rest of the show. We're going to talk about the All-Americans, and guess who doesn't have one? It's that Crimson Tide for the first time in many years. We'll be right back. This is Southern Sports Central Live on Blog Talk Radio. Where's a guy in the steel toes covered in dirt? Just a rock and roll t shirt headed to work with a pack of red man in his pocket. He's kind of red man, but he's rocking. Where's a beat up Tilly and a Marshall stack? Little Marshall Tucker and a six pack. Where's the good old boys and the good old days? Straight up getting sideways. We back, we back, we back in the speakers, back in, back in, blasted in the bleachers. It's probably true what my mama said. I do it just like my daddy did. We back, we back, we back in the saddle, back on stage, making the whole place rattle. Back with the eighteen train on the track. Thought we were gone, but you're wrong. Now it's on we back. Where's a chick wearing blue jeans, a little too tight? Got a grip on a koozie, that's what she likes. Getting picked up in a pickup. They kick it and we got my up. We back, we back, we back in the speakers. Back in black, getting blasted in a preacher. It's probably true what my mama said. I do it just like my daddy did. We back, we back, we back in the saddle. Back on stage, making the whole place rattle. Back with the ace and train on the track. Thought we were gone, but you rolled out with Yeah. Everything good comes back around. We back, we back, we back in the speakers, back in black, getting blasted in the bleachers. It's probably do what my mama said. Welcome back 
Everybody, we're back here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Elman. I want to thank Brandon Johnson, the big man, who will sign on the dotted line tomorrow, 1230, over at the Fort. He'll be in the auditorium if you want to join him. He's opened up the opportunity. Now, here's a disclaimer. you got to go through the front office and get your approval there through the guys and girls there at the front desk here, not just anybody, I believe. you got to go through a little bit of uh, a little bit of paperwork to get in there, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll welcome you with open arms to be a part of uh, what is going to be a huge day over at uh, Fort Dorchester. There's uh, multiple guys doing some things there. Of course, uh, you know, we talked about, of course, uh, uh, Emmanuel Johnson. He's actually going to be heading over to uh, Georgia Tech. And uh, to get two guys like that to be heading to the next level is a big deal. Uh, now let's turn the likes to uh, a guy who is continuing to do big things. And uh, it's at a smaller non-Power 5 conference. But again, it shows you that if you put your heart and work and the energy and everything you put into it, Anything and everything is possible. Now we'll head, of course, uh, to Orangeburg, South Carolina, where Buddy Pugh has been named the National Coach of the Year. Uh, South Carolina State head coach Buddy Pugh and, of course, uh, Bowie State head coach uh, Damon Wilson were both voted uh, by the co-coaches of the year as the uh, com annual superlative awards across the HBCU football program uh, announced on Monday. Now, Pugh, of course, uh, who earlier named uh, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Coach of the Year, uh, led the Bulldogs to the biggest turnaround of the season in the MEAC. Of course, after the Bulldogs finished in 2018 with a 5-6 record overall and 4-3 and in the conference play, it was that 2019 season that they saw a huge turnaround in an 8-3 overall, excuse me, 8-3 and 6-2 and in the MEAC play. Now, Pugh, in his 18th season at the helm and led SC State, to its 17th MEAC championship overall, <clears throat> excuse me, shared this year with a 6-2 and two North Carolina A&T and its seventh title in his tenure. This coach continues to do big things, you know, continues to uh, surpass a lot of people. Now, of course, uh, he does surpass uh, Willie Jeffries as the all-time winningest coach in SC State football program history, moving to 133-74 in his time on the Bulldog sideline. Now, this is the first time in the 13-year history that the uh, Botero voting that Pew has been named Coach of the Year. Now, meanwhile, Bowie State went 11-0 during the regular season and through the winning a second consecutive CIAA championship under the co-coach uh, of the year, Wilson, leadership in his 11th season as a head coach uh, before the uh, BSU Bulldogs lost to Carson Newman in the NCAA Division II playoff game. For me, you, you look at this guy, Buddy Pugh, who does so much. You know, he's in Orangeburg, South Carolina. That's not the easiest place to recruit a kid. You know, not, not, not a lot happening over there in the Berg. You know, they got the good barbecue. They get down like anybody else's business on a tailgating party. And let me tell you what, stick around for halftime because the show on the field is sometimes – electrifying at best or at least or however you want to put it. But I'm telling you, if you've never endorsed, if you've never embraced, if you've never gone into an HBCU campus, you don't know what you're missing. And I became a huge supporter of these guys when I made a trip one time to two different campuses. The first one was Savannah State. That's, of course, in Savannah, Georgia. It's a pretty cool campus. There's a lot of history on this campus, how it's founded how it's ran, what's happening over there. And then I made the trip to Bethune-Cookman. Man, oh, man, I almost walked out of there 
a student myself. The historical part of a HBCU, guys, is something that it's so different than any other college you could ever imagine. The way it's founded, the way they the way they embrace the students, and it doesn't matter. I get it's you know what HBCU HBCU stands for, but it's a misleading. Statement. They love on so many people of so many different backgrounds, and when I spent time, not once, but twice at Bethune Cookman. The first time I went, it was so incredible. You find out the lady that, in, that, that basically founded this campus is from the state of South Carolina, even though it's down there in Daytona Beach, Florida. You start getting into the roots of how these universities and how these colleges are built, you might have a little bit more passion for it. But when it comes to an HBCU, it just means a little more. And everybody kind of has a misinterpretation of what actually is happening over here. Because I'm going to tell you something. The kids on these campuses are excelling at such high rates. The football fields, on the baseball fields, on the courts, and the bands, holy moly. The battle of the band, that's what I'm talking about. You go to Atlanta for that battle of the bands, and you see all these teams, all these schools from the HBCUs. Even Beyonce did a huge special on uh, Netflix, right? I think she had a Netflix special or something like that where she went around to all these different HBCUs and one of her huge uh, concerts that she did, a chance to watch that, where she had all these different you know, drum line guys, drum majors, and, and dancers come in from all these HBCUs, and she highlighted them. That's huge. That's part of college football. That's part of the tradition that we talk about on Saturdays, and I don't know. I know it doesn't get enough love. I know there's a certain reason why SC State, at 8-3, and three, how do you not make the playoffs, but yet you've got a 500 team sitting in the playoffs? That's ridiculous. How do you win a piece of your conference and you don't get in the playoffs? Are you being subject because of the conference you're in or the affiliation you're with? That's not that, – that, you're going to hold that against the kids? You know, now we do have uh, Ben Swagger, who was the OC over at South Carolina State, former Somerville quarterback, former Fort Dorchester coach. Jack Davis, currently on that roster, wide receiver, going to be doing some big things. He's a big guy, but we expect big things because he continues to do big things. Those are the conversations that we like to talk about. But when you're an 8-3 team, and, and, and to me, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on some of this, but the number to call in is 323-784-9681. Uh, we'll spend a little time here in this, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into the All-Americans. The list was just given out. I'll let Will and I, of course, uh, he and I will go through it. You know, I said it going into break Alabama the first time. Uh, they haven't had somebody on this list, and that's the first team All-Americans, by the way. You know, I highlight second and third and all that. That's great. But I'm talking first-team All-Americans. But they got some good guys hanging out over there at South Carolina State doing some big things. And, and to go eight and three, boy, I tell you, what, what a shot in the arm it is when you don't make the playoffs. And you're seeing some of these teams going here, getting bounced out, that you know that you can beat, that you know you can compete with. You know, I've watched this, this program at, at South Carolina State. They've gone through more adversity and challenges and things than you could ever imagine. But yet, through adversity – has come great strides and some great boundaries that these guys have continued, or I would say goals that they continue to reach and things they continue to do. And there's a lot of that happening here. You know, again, you, you know, you want to talk about Buddy Pugh, what he's done. He was part of the South Carolina staff, by the way, as well. He was over there, uh, I, I want to say, uh, 15 years ago, maybe 10 years. I don't know. Great coach, uh, doing great things. I want to give him a shout real quick. But uh, we're going to take one more break. We'll come back. Let's get into it, Will. Let's talk about this All-American 
conversation, if you will. As uh, There's a Gamecock on it. How about that? There's a Gamecock from Goose Creek High School. We'll talk about him and all the other guys who made this list. We'll be right back. This is Southern Sports Central Live right here on southernsportscentral.com. Blog Talk Radio, of course, all around the web. We'll be right back. Well, I got my first truck when I was three. Drove a hundred thousand miles on my knees. Hauled marbles and rocks and thought twice before. I hauled a Barbie doll bed for the girl next door. She tried to pay me with a kiss and I began to understand. There's something women like about a pickup man. When I turned 16, I saved a few hundred bucks. My first car was a pickup truck. I was cruising the town, and the first girl I seen was Bobby Joe Gentry, the homecoming queen. She flagged me down and climbed up in the cab and said, I never knew you were a pickup man. You can set my truck on fire and roll it down a hill, and I still wasn't ready for a coup de ville. I got an eight-foot bed that never has to be made. You know, if it weren't for trucks, we wouldn't have tailgates. I met all my wives the traffic jams. and just something women like about a pickup man. Most Friday nights, I can be found in the bed of my truck on an old chase lounge. Back then to my spot at the drive-in show. Off a romantic glow. I never have to wait in line at the popcorn stand. Cause something women like about a pickup man. You can set my truck on fire and roll it down a hill. And I still wouldn't trade it for a good deal. I got an eight foot bed that never has to be made. You know, if it weren't for trucks, it wouldn't have tailgates. I met all my wives. The traffic jams are just something women like about a pickup man. Everybody, I'm Rich Hillman alongside Will Porter on the other side of the glass here. He's pushing the buttons, answering the phones, and handling all that side of the road that I uh, thank God for. Because I tell you what, to uh, do this, to do that, to do all of it, I've had uh, the opportunity. Let's call it that, right? I had the opportunity to, uh, to do it. And uh, it's a lot. It's a lot for a one-man show. But we, we of course, have, have made it work. But, boy, we thank God for Will and what he has been able to bring to the show uh, in fashion. Now, with that being said, I do want to encourage you here as the holiday seasons are upon us and uh, we are days away from Christmas, less than a week away, actually. Uh, head over to the Fan Zone located over there at 5070 International Boulevard Suite 
106 and 107. North Charleston, South Carolina is their location. You can go over there and uh, check them out on the internet at www.thefanzoneshop.com for all of your apparel that you ever needed. I mean, they got some really cool stuff. If you're in Charleston, you've probably already been here. If you're coming in at Charleston, you want to stop by here. It's over there by the outlet mall. Uh, there's a Starbucks. So, uh, you know, let your girl go into Starbucks and you go over to the fan zone. Everybody wins. Uh, we all win. Or if you're, hey, all right, that's cool. He can go into Starbucks, and you, lady friend, can go into the, the fan zone. Because there's a lot of girls <laughs> that like that, right? So I don't want to stereotype anybody. I know a lot of ladies that, 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 that are like, what do you mean, dude? I, I like sports. But, uh, yeah, check include, that out. And, include every include everybody. Every Everybody's welcome at the fan zone. Everybody. And, and the Starbucks. But, anyways, that being <laughs> said, uh, yeah. So uh, the fun part is uh, you want to go over there and check them out. And, and make sure you go over there and tell Luke that uh, the fellows over at Southern Sports Central sent you in. Who knows? They may either kick you out or give you a high five or give you a gift. I don't know what's going to happen, but something will happen uh, when you get in there. Uh, they always do a great job, too, of bringing in the former athletes of Clemson and South Carolina and some other big-time athletes come in do autographs on the weekend. So you want to go follow these guys over there on social media. Uh, of course, uh, the Fan Zone is, uh, is, is their name. They're on Facebook. They're on Pinterest. They're on Instagram. And, of course, they're on Twitter as well. Um, also, give another shout-out here, of course, uh, the studios uh, supported by their friends over there. Uh, this time of year, not everybody's 100%. You know, you're getting these colds. It's 70 degrees out there right now. Tomorrow this time, it'll be 55. And then on, what's today, Tuesday? On yeah. Thursday, it, it'll be down to 54. So uh, what does that mean? Well, that means you need to keep that immune system up and running. You need to keep doing things to stay ahead of the game of the, uh, the, the common cold that comes through the area this time of year. And uh, Gurns Pharmacy is that one-stop shop for that. Not only can you get all the medication you need, you can get some other knick-knack things you need in there, but they also have the world's greatest hot dogs in Somerville. So get by, eat some lunch while you do all of that. Make it one big trip, and that way you don't have to go anywhere else. Uh, and, of course, uh, Matt's Barbershop uh, is another one that hangs out with us. Uh, we're, we're fortunate to have not one but two barbers here uh, in the uh, in the fold. So uh, Matt, of course, uh, he takes care of you as well. Now, he's closed on Thursdays. Can't do anything with Matt on Thursday and Sunday, but he is available uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, so make sure you go by there and tell Matt we said hello as well. So here we go. Let's get into the conversation. Uh, we're, we're trying to stay on point here in the hour number two. We told you we'd talk a lot of college football. We did that by recognizing uh, one of the coaches of the year, Buddy Pugh, over at South Carolina State. Now we recognize some other guys. The 2019 AP All-American football team has been announced. Uh, LSU, of course, quarterback Joe Burrow. Uh, is uh, is one of those guys that uh, will be there, as well as the uh, number two, Ohio State, uh, has a couple of guys, uh, to be exact, three on the uh, Associated Press uh, All-American first team that was released on Monday. Heisman Trophy winner, like I mentioned, Joe Burrow of LSU, highlighted the first team offense, and the Heisman finalist, Chase Young of Ohio State, leads the defense. No surprise. And I talked to two, three, four guys yesterday that are from the state of Ohio, Will, Every one of them said that we had three guys from the state of Ohio <laughs> in the Heisman Trophy, even though I don't know if all three of those guys are from the state of Ohio, but definitely they all have a connection to the state of Ohio. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, the Athens, Ohio, was the, right. was the location. That, that was his hometown. And, uh, and so he is really uh, and truly uh, Ohio uh, born and raised, if you will, or, or definitely raised. And he, he was uh, born right there in the backyard of uh, Ohio University. Uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, brought up to play football. And uh, and so even though he did go to Ohio State, didn't get to play very much, and he transferred, um, the transfer portal uh, dropped him off at LSU, and now he's the Heisman winner. 
Um, but yeah, three guys from three guys from the state of Ohio is pretty incredible. Yes, yeah, big deal there. Of course, uh, you know, uh, you start to kind of look around at this thing here, and, and when you get the Heisman Trophy guy in there, and then you get this other guy that's up there, Chase Young, doing his thing. Uh, you know, and, and you start to kind of put things at the panel of 15 college uh, football poll voters that come in to make this uh, thing become reality here. Now, the top-ranked Tigers also placed receiver Jamar Chase and cornerback Derek uh, Stingley in there as well in the first team. And Young, of course, joined uh, the first team by Ohio State teammate uh, Wyatt Davis, a guard, and Jeff uh, Akuda, I believe is how you pronounce his name, a cornerback and the number three Clemson's only first-team All-American was linebacker Isaiah Simmons. Number four, Oklahoma, was represented by the first team by receiver C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, that's a pretty name. you got to be famous uh, with a name like that. Yeah, he. Um, I, I think that very early on in the season, he was uh, getting pushed to be a Heisman finalist because he was putting up such uh, great numbers. And, of course, that's all from the, the arm of Jalen Hurts. But sure. uh, he had two, uh, two emojis, C.D. and then uh, a Lamb. Hey, I guess it was the I guess it was the goat emoji or whatever. But, right, right. Um, yeah, everybody was using the the hashtag CD and then the goat. Well, but um, and the, and that was the push for for Heisman. Of course, that never came to uh, fruition. But uh, for him to be on the uh, first team uh, All American, that that's spectacular. As well, that's a big deal. Now Georgia, of course, uh, the number five and the number eleven Wisconsin, but the other teams with multiple first team selections. Now Georgia, of course, played uh, the. Andrew and G.R. Reed on the All-American team. Now, Wisconsin running back uh, Jonathan Taylor is the only player to repeat as a first-team All-American this season. Now, uh, the Badgers center Tyler, uh, I'm going to try to say this name right, Biedes, also made the first team on this roster as well. Now, Ohio State led the teams with seven players selected to the three All-American teams, including, of course, quarterback, uh, quarterback. Justin Fields, who made the second team All-Americans. Now, the number nine team in the country, Alabama, had not one player selected the first team uh, for the first time since 2010. But, however, they did have five players combined in the second and the third team. Oklahoma's Utah also had five selections on three teams, and LSU and Clemson each had four. No surprise there. The Tigers on the Clemson side of life and the LSU side of life, and by the way, Death Valley, they hold both home to what they call their stadiums. Uh, doing well. First team like this, quarterback, of course. Uh, I'll go offense, you go defense. How about that? So quarterback, Joe Burrow leads it there, senior LSU. Running back, uh, first team All-American, Chuba Hubbard, sophomore, Oklahoma State. Jonathan Taylor, junior, Wisconsin. Tackles are Penny Sewell, sophomore, Oregon, and Andrew Thomas, junior, from Georgia. Guards, Wyatt Davis, sophomore from Ohio State, and Kevin Dotson, senior from Louisiana Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns getting some love. How about that? Now, the center comes at you, as I mentioned his name, and I hope I didn't botch it up too much there. Tyler Biedes, junior from Wisconsin. The tight end is Harrison Bryant, the senior from Florida Atlantic. Look at that. FAU getting some love. I love to see these smaller schools getting in here because it proves my point to a lot of our kids at Somerville, Fort Dorchester, Goose Creek. Look, go Grow where you're planted. Go play where you can play. You can't get on these teams if you're not playing the game. Heading over to the wide receivers, Jamar Chase, sophomore LSU. No surprise there. C.D. Lamb, you mentioned him. He's on here as well, the junior from Oklahoma. All-purpose player is Lynn Bowden, the junior from Kentucky. Look at there, Kentucky getting into love. Kicker is going to be Keith Duncan, the junior from Iowa. Go ahead with the defense. 
All right, and uh, this is led by Chase Young, of course, the junior from Ohio State, uh, uh, one of the Heisman finalists. And then uh, James Lynch is a junior from Baylor. Uh, th- those are the, the defensive ends. Defensive tackles, you have uh, uh, Auburn's senior Derek Brown and then um, Javon Kenlaw, the senior from the University of South Carolina. Also from Goose Creek High School. Also from Goose Creek High School. Right here in the Low Country. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, fantastic news for anybody listening from Goose Creek or, or down here in the Low Country, representing some love for a first-team All-American. Then uh, linebacker Isaiah Simmons, uh, the junior from Clemson, uh, is leading this list. Uh, senior from uh, Cal, Aaron Evan, I'm sorry, Evan Weaver. And then um, Micah Parsons is a sophomore from Penn State. He is the third linebacker on this uh, first-team All-American. Then cornerbacks, um, Derek uh, Stingley, from, uh, freshman from LSU, and uh, Jeff Akuda is a junior from Ohio State. Uh, safeties Antoine Whitfield Jr. from Minnesota. He's a junior. And then the senior from Georgia, J.R. Reed. And then Max Duffy from Kentucky. Max Duffy from Kentucky. <laughs> he's a junior and he's the punter uh, for uh, the first team All-American. And that, that rounds out that first team there. And, and I'm wondering where we're going to go through here. And, and really, I don't really think going through second, third team and all that's going to kind of, you know, it'd be a little bit long and yeah. maybe well, a wasteful time here. But Well, I mean, real real quick, I'll just announce this year that uh, second team quarterback is Justin Fields from Ohio State. And then third team is Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Right. And then the running backs is Jakey Dobbins, Dobson, Dobbins, excuse me, the junior from Ohio State. He does get there. And, and, and the running back that a lot of people say that he deserved to be in other places, but wasn't, of course, is Etienne, who is the running back from Clemson. He is on the second team running back as well. Just because we do have a lot of listeners here from uh, South Carolina, the Gamecocks, and from, of course, Clemson, uh, John Simpson, a guard, he made it on the second team here. So he will, of course, uh, be recognized. Uh, the first time you see the name Alabama is a tackle. That is Jedrick Willis, a junior from Alabama. He is on here as well. Uh, and then you kind of go through, you got uh, Devontae Smith, Alabama wide receiver. And that kind of shocks me because I do believe I, I do believe that Alabama probably has the best wide receiver crew in the in college football. So I do they do yeah I, I think they got snubbed a little bit. You know it, it's funny to me because there's so many people and I said this earlier in the broadcast when you are successful more people want to see you fail and that's true. Watch Alabama these people there's so much hate going on. I watch and I try to I do I try to stomach puff on bond enough to listen to some of the callers that call in and it's a very Alabama heavy show because he's an Alabama guy. Or wait a minute, he was. Because now all of a sudden he's not riding the wagon. He's not riding the the wave of, of Alabama anymore. A guy called in yesterday, and he mentioned, and he said this. And I think some of it is, all of it is for ratings. He said, I had no one thing that you guys are first place in. It'd be, you know, a bunch of whiners, a bunch of poor sportsmen. And I'm thinking, man, wait a minute. I thought you said Clemson did that. So who gets the award here? So all it is is he's trying to get more people to call in and to get his ratings up at that point. Of and that's course. just the kind of guy he is, because at the end of the day, for those who don't know, he is not a graduate of Alabama. He did not. I don't know if he grew up in Alabama, but I know he went and graduated from Tennessee, which why he's not riding that bandwagon right now. I don't know. But he's a graduate of Tennessee. So uh, you start looking through this thing a little bit more. Uh, like I said, I'm a little disappointed that, that they didn't give uh, some of the other wide receivers a little bit more love at Alabama. But he is the only wide receiver there on that. Now, of course, all-purpose players, Jalen Waddle, he, of course, a sophomore from Alabama. And uh, everybody wants to know what old Goggles is doing. Uh, that's Mr. Blankenship. He is the uh, second-team All-American kicker from Georgia. That's pretty talented there. <laughs> um, and then on defense, of course, you have the defensive end. Um, A.J. Penza is a junior from Iowa. And then Curtis Weaver from Boise State, he's a junior as well. 
Uh, defensive tackles, uh, Jalen Twyman is a sophomore from Pittsburgh. And then Jordan Elliott from Missouri. He's a junior over there. Then uh, linebackers, um, Hamel Carr is a junior from Oregon State. Uh, the Beavers over there in the Pac-12. Uh, Zach Bond is a senior from Wisconsin. And Jordan Brooks, a senior from Texas Tech, rounds out the second-team linebackers. Cornerbacks, uh, Amik Robertson is a junior from Louisiana Tech. And then Jalen Johnson, junior from Utah. Safeties, Julian Blackman from Utah. He's a senior. And then Grant Delpit, uh, junior from LSU. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of talk about Grant Delpit and the talent that he, that he possesses. And uh, it's good to see him on an All-American team. A little disappointed that he's not on a first-team All-American, but definitely good to see him on this list. And, again, he's a junior from LSU. And then uh, Braden Mann from Texas A&M, the senior punter, rounds out the list of the defense on second-team All-American. Now, when it comes to third team, what we'll do, we already mentioned Jalen Hurts is, by the way, the third team quarterback. For the rest of these guys, we'll, we'll go out there and we'll put it on our social media so you guys can go through it because, you know, we do this. Next thing you know, it'll be top of the hour. We'll have very little conversation into this. But what, when you look at this list here, and, and, again, I wanted to highlight some of the guys in the second round that I thought that, that, that really were borderline, could easily have been first rounders. But the one thing I do love about that first round that, that they, they did, and you heard me get excited when I heard names, you know, coming out of Florida Atlantic, when I saw things out of uh, other schools that, that, quite frankly, you don't normally get to hear their schools being called. So they're, they're paying attention here. They're, they're understanding that, you know, these kids are putting in the work. They're putting in the effort. You're seeing Louisiana Lafayette's, uh, you know, Kevin uh, Dodson, the senior, coming in here as a guard, getting recognized for the Raging Cajuns and what they're able to do here in the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, if you will. And, and I am kind of shocked that there aren't probably a few more, but you know, it, it's like this. This right here is no different than the All-Star Games in high school. There's only so many slots that can be filled. There's so, so many players that can be recognized. And unfortunately, there's just not enough. There's not enough leg space here to stretch out to, to really recognize a lot of people. Alabama, again, I, you know, I get it. Everybody's got a rejoicing here to watching them fall down a little bit more. And, 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 and look, don't poke the bear. You know, they just took a break this year so everybody else can enjoy what they're normally used to doing. And, and, you know, the thing is, when it comes to their fan base, everybody's like, well, they're four sports. Well, you know, you ever hear the slogan, act like you've been here before? Well, Alabama hadn't been here before. And some of these fans have never been here. Some of their young fans have no idea what it's like to lose two games a year. Yeah, yeah. So put that in perspective a little bit. You know, again, that's why I don't bust on Clemson a whole lot because it is what it is. You know, and, and I had this conversation yesterday. Was it yesterday? I believe it was yesterday. Fans are, 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 are more into this than some of the football players are. Mm-hmm. The football players, the baseball players, and being a former guy in college as well, it was important during the, the, during the innings played on the field and the quarters played on the field. But after that, man, look, it's over. It's done. Some of yeah. my closest buddies were on the other side. You know, I grew up with a lot of these guys and ended up playing against them at the next level. And so you, you understand that their passion is there, but I don't like you for four quarters. That doesn't mean that I can't go back to doing the things that I know I need to do. You heard it uh, at a high school coach's level when, when Coach Knotts, who has now won four in a row uh, state championships over at, Fort, at Dutch Fork and 19 state championships overall between North Carolina and South Carolina, he talked about heart. You can't teach heart. you got to come in with heart. Right now, at this moment, this is the most important thing in your life. After the game, we'll reevaluate everything. But at this moment, this is the most important thing in your life. And, and, and that's how athletes look at things. At the moment you're in, we live in a moment right now world. We, we don't, and, and unfortunately or fortunately for a lot of us athletes, it carries into our life 
going into the rest of our life. That's a good thing and a bad thing. You know, right now, boom, we know we have to get here. Here's the goal. Here's the expectation. Here's how we're going to do it. A lot of people, there's two types of people that, number, that, that people go after higher in a business. Number one are athletes. You're going to go get an athlete because he knows he has that killer instinct. He's been taught. He understands what it's like to be a winner. He understands what it's like to go out and be a first-rounder, be a first-teamer. Passion and drive. Yeah, all of that stuff. All, all that stuff. How to compete, how to, how to be a, a, a player, how to be uh, a team player, how to handle adversity, all that stuff. The second one, and it could be one or two, it doesn't matter how you lay it down on the line, is somebody out of the military. Same thing, discipline, heart. It's, just, it's very similar. Right. Very similar. These two, these, these two individuals come in with a very similar uh, foundation, a very similar outlook and a very similar drive. They just get there differently. Right. The destination is championship. One takes the road to the left. One takes the road to the right. Doesn't mean either one of them are right or wrong. It's just a different avenue to get to that final championship game. And that's when I used to hire people. And when I bring people in here, I bring people into Southern Sports Central with that same mindset. I don't want you to I, I don't want you to rejoice in losing. Losing sucks. And it's a real deal. It's real. It happens. It's part of life. You grow more in a loss than you ever will grow in a win. That's just the way it is. You come out of things knowing so much more about who you are as an individual when you lose. Everybody's happy when you win. Everybody's high-fiving and smiling. But who are you when you lose something? And it could be something in life. It could be something in a game. How do you handle adversity? Athletes normally don't handle it the best. You would think they would. But they don't. They don't because they don't like to lose. Nobody likes to. I mean, that's one thing I don't understand. We're softening up society in a lot of our youth programs because, well, little Johnny, it's okay. It's not okay, dude. Be the best. Go out and get paid, dude. You put in the effort. You put in the time. And when I say get paid, get that W. Handle that win. Don't give him a trophy because he showed up. You know, I've had this story on here before where, where we showed out to uh, Jacob, who is, uh, by the way, 16 years old now. He was like 11 or 12. We're playing in this little league. And this lady was like, look, I need 15 bucks from you. I'm like, I'm not giving you 15 bucks. I just paid for pads and this, that, and the other. What am I paying you 15 bucks for? She said, for a trophy. I'm not paying you for a trophy if he's just showing up. I mean, we don't do that in my house. We have enough bookmarkers. We don't have a whole lot of books, so we don't need any bookmarkers. We're good. Mm. He just collects dust. And she was like, well, that's going to be weird because I'm going to be the only one that gets I, I'm, I'll just get it. I was like, okay, that's fine. But here's the deal. Do they get a trophy if they win everything? Well, yeah. Well, they get a trophy if they finish second, which I don't agree with, but is there a trophy for that too? Well, yeah. Okay, well, then there you go. If he finishes first or second, then I'm okay with him getting a trophy. I'm not going to reward him for showing up. I don't get rewarded at my job for showing up, so why start trending him now for something that's not reality later? I'll tell you one, one quick story. When I played baseball, uh, and I, I was playing little, little, little league uh, rec ball, and, um, you know, every year, every year we, had, uh, we, we had a little trophy ceremony, and it was – it was more so team based. It wasn't that all of the like all of the teams gathered around and like which team got first place, which team got second place, which team got third place. But um, our individual teams ourselves, we went up um, and, and we all we all received a trophy that um, that had it, it showed that we were on that we were on this team. And then like for for example, me it was uh, I, I think like uh, call it 2008 um, Red Wings or uh, Saluto Red Wings. And it had my name on it, and uh, and I I could see I remember my my cousin my older cousin he was eligible to play rec ball at like the the upper tier rec ball for three straight years, and those three straight years he won uh, this this golden trophy 
um, of, of this uh, little kid. It looks like that he's uh, hitting a home run. And the pose is that his bat is on the ground. He, he has a foot uh, with, his, uh, with his hand like up to the sky watching the ball um, sail out. And I just remember it was in me. I want that trophy. I, I, want to, I want to be on a team and work hard enough to win a trophy. And sure enough, the very next year, that's what we did. And I remember that that, that, was, the, that was the ultimate prize of getting that one specific uh, trophy. Uh, to, what, to what parallel this provides, I see it as you continue to work hard and, and look, at, like, look at somebody else's success and be like, is that where you want to be? Or is, is there something else that you would rather be doing right now? And for me, it was that it was in that, that little moment in time. I remember that that's what I want to do. That, that's what I want to achieve. I, I want it, but I can't just go out and say, can I have it? No, I have to work for it and earn it. And that's what I did the very next year. And, and I think that's the thing is, again, it's okay to lose to a degree, again, I, you know, and this is uh, – we don't have a whole lot of time to get into it. We've got about a minute and a half before we go to the end of the show, and I want to thank everybody for uh, for hanging out with us this morning. Brandon Johnson, who, of course, uh, will be signing his uh, his official I'm done, I'm all but delivered to Navy. He'll do that tomorrow at 1230 at Fort Dorchester at the auditorium. You have to go through the front office, check in, say hello, get your information, get your name tag, and then you can walk in and be a part of this festivities and i'm not sure if anybody else is going to be signing on this day over there uh, i would imagine so they're liked and loaded full of talented athletes not just on the football field but all around uh the campus over at the fort uh but uh i do want to thank him for coming in tomorrow 7:30. matt sims uh will be in here with us he's uh our connection to the lsu tigers he's covering of course uh, the saints as well he is on the bayou over there in uh, baton rouge louisiana He'll check in with us at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Ben Moore from Atlanta. He is with 24-7 Sports. He'll check in with us as well. Uh, we'll talk college football with both of these guys, so it will be very college-driven, uh, friendly show tomorrow. We also are going to try to get in with another athlete at 7.14. We try to do the 7.14 as they're heading to school, so uh, we'll kind of wait and see there. But, uh, again, to kind of touch on that a little bit, man, look, I, I've lost uh, you know a few along the way, but I've become a better man out of it, and it's helped me through my life. Uh, as a 41-year-old as a man out here today, a lot of what I go through is adversity. I mean, every day there's a challenge. Every day there's, there's somebody trying to hold you back from getting to the top. You've got to find a way to get there. So uh, that being said, uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. We're on Instagram, Southern Sports Central as well. Uh, that'll do it for today. We'll be back uh, live uh, bright and early uh, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Now, if you follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, we may be at a game tonight doing basketball. I've got to go check out the situation here this morning uh, to see if uh, the Internet gods can work with us if they do. Well, I don't know how many basketball games you've ever called, man, but uh, it, it's pretty fun and it's pretty fast. So we'll see. Uh, that, that'll probably be my first one to either do play-by-play uh, -play or, or adding color commentary. You remember my, my announcing background. That's yeah. really all that I've, uh, that I've had and only had one year, but well, I've been, but I've, I've been more, I've been more educated now uh, as of late. So uh, I guess I have that going for me. <laughs> uh, it'd be a lot of fun, man. The people always enjoy seeing us up in the, uh, up in the arenas. That being said, guys, God bless. Take care for uh, Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Yellman. That is Will Porter. We will be back live tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. sharp. God bless. Take care. Buckle up, and we'll see you tomorrow morning.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.